No worries, no worries. Um, so maybe something that I can do in the meantime while we're just letting people come into the session and um, while um, if anybody is wanting to get coaching on something, that's great. But maybe in the meantime, I can just talk a little bit about what's been going on in this trauma class, which has been super fascinating. Um, so sorry about the noise. My kids are, my kid and her friend are getting ready to leave. Um, so the reason I got curious about the trauma type approach is really because of our, um, because of our people are the women surgeons. And I felt like, um, you know, the coaching that we offer, it's the model, that kind of stuff is very strategic and useful, but in my own life, I was feeling like there was like a missing piece. And then also I was noticing in some of the people that I've met through coaching that it seems to be like a little bit of a missing piece about how our nervous systems are dysregulated. And I think it has to do with the nature of our job. It has to do with the nature of our training. And then, um, a very large percentage of the population um, has had some degree of adverse childhood uh, event, events like stress or traumatic events happening. So I just was curious about how that sort of um, kind of childhood experience kind of impacts the choices that we made to become surgeons and then basically go through um, that's okay, Persephone. I'll call on you in just a second. But um, it's like we then ended up choosing to do this job, whether it's a job or a calling or whatever, and how comfortable it can be to be in chronic stress. And I just found that kind of interesting. So I'll keep sharing um, as we as I move through the course, and hopefully it'll resonate with people. Okay, so I'm going to, let's see. There you go. Persephone, can you talk now? Maybe. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> well, awesome. that's, that's good news about your, your mom. And, um, I, I'm glad you really liked him because I've had great interactions with him. Yay. So that's great. Yeah. And, also, I didn't think about it when I started talking about that is um, I don't want to have any of your identifying information um, available for public consumption. So I'll try to edit that part out. If not, then I just won't upload this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, how are you doing? Good, good, good. Good. Um, anything going on for you? Anything you want to talk about? Well, this is totally not surgical and I, I'm probably, can, I can come up with plenty of this as well, but our refrigerator <clears throat> went out and, um, like a week and a half ago and first I get on Lowe's and I look and like, there's nothing in 36 inch <laughs> refrigerators. And so then I call another company that I bought, um, I've bought appliances from before and they had three. And then, so I looked both of them or all three of them up and then it took me like a day. And then I call him back and I was like, okay, I want this one. And he's like, well, I don't, 
all of them will come in December, except for one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Well, what do you have? I, that's just what I have to be saying. <laughs> so um, I, I, I guess just the thought of like, hey, this is like I need. And so then um, one of my friends went to Home Depot and they sent me a picture and they're like, hey, there's a whole bunch of refrigerators here. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did I? I'm, I know I looked, but um, my husband's like, you need to stop worrying about the refrigerator. We got something that works. It's fine. <laughs> All these supply chain issues. I know. It's kind of scary to yes. think that like, just kind of like life can come to like life as we know it and enjoy it can kind of come to a little bit of an uncomfortable halt yes. <laughs> when the supply chain is down. So do you have a fridge? Yes, it is. It's pro- it's not what I would have chosen, <clears throat> but I mean, it's, we're very fortunate. We could get something and, and, you know, fortunate that I could buy it, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I know that sounds like, it sounds like a silly problem, but <laughs> just, it's been like, I've been worried about it for two weeks and they finally did deliver it yesterday. It went fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny that, yeah, I mean like surface level stuff, it's, you know, it's a fridge, but if, if you think about it, our life is made up of this very long string of these types of issues. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I don't think it's a silly problem. I think it's like a problem, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or like maybe not even a problem, just like a thing like that we have to deal with. And that's just kind of what life actually is. So if something takes two weeks of your mental energy, then you can probably learn something from that. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it, um, we also have this ancient, uh, minivan. It's like eight or nine years old and it's a Toyota. Toyotas are great. I love Toyotas, but I'm like, Whoa, the kids um, slammed the door the other day. And I was like, please don't slam the door. Cause we can't get another one right now. <laughs> Yeah. So all these little things that, that we take for granted that, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal if, I mean, if it, it's obviously a financial thing, and, but like, if, if we're ready to go buy a new car, we can go think, you know, make our decisions and then we do what we need to do to get our loan and buy the car. But the, now it's like, oh gosh, this car's gotta, it's gotta keep running for probably an, another year or two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because of the supply chain stuff. That's, it's interesting. So what, so are you kind of over it now or what conclusion did you come, come to, or is there like some sort of a thing that you wanted to talk about related to? Um, Well, I I do think it is, it's, you're right. It's just a bunch of little things in life that, that all make this big thing. And it's the whole thing about picking your battles. Is this really like, I ended up with a fridge. No, it's not what I would have picked out normally. It's, but it's, it is what it is. We, we can't change this. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I need to change the way I think about it. And I should, it, it was funny because I, I actually went to Home Depot to see all these fridges that they had, which they didn't have that many, but they had a few options. 
And um, I texted my husband a picture and he's like, but we have a fridge. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, that's right. I need to just uh, like restructure, change my thought. The fact is we had a, the, we had an issue. We needed an appliance and we bought it. And the thought um, I need to have an intentional model that, that I it's fine. I have a fridge and, you know, in a couple years I can sell this fridge or, or um, give it to somebody else and mm-hmm. get a different fridge. Yeah. So this, so you've already kind of like worked through it, but what would be really cool to do if you don't mind is go through what the painful one was and see how you got from the painful one to the not painful one. Yeah. Cause it sounds like you already did the work. Yeah, but I'm still not there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I need all my bridging thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, so this is so cool. Um, so fridge, hope I'm spelling that right. Fridge went out one and a half weeks ago. Um, so you found a fridge. Yes. Found a fridge. But then Home Depot has other fridges. <laughs> yeah, right. Other options. Yes. Okay. And so, and you actually bought a fridge. So you, I'm going to say you bought a fridge, right? Because that's yes. what you had, like bought a fridge. Home Depot has other fridges. And so your thought is like, what's the, what's the painful one? Uh, the painful one is. Well, I don't like making that kind of um, decision. Like, um, uh, like I didn't get um, my, my painful. My my um, my thought is that this is painful. I don't want to make a. I forget. I had a word for it, but like a like a snap decision. Um, oh, so it's not even so much that it's not the fridge that you or it's it's not yeah. the fridge you don't want, but it's like, did you feel like you were under pressure to make a decision yes. in a hurry? Yeah. yeah. Like um, I had to make a decision because we needed something and so I have a word, but now I can't think of it. <laughs> like under duress or something? Yeah. Or... Oh, panic buying. It's like everybody's oh. buying toilet paper, which by the way, is supposed to go, we're supposed to have a shortage of that again too, but I haven't bought any more. So Okay. So panic buying. So this is, this is actually like deeper than just buying a fridge. So what, what is the thought? Like, I don't like panic buying. Is that what it is? Yes. I don't, I don't like losing control and having to, so even, you know, this, maybe this goes back to surgery because in the OR, I want to, I I want it to go how in my brain, it's supposed to go. Yeah. And I want to have, you know, I have all these, like we do these, all these little pathways. If something bleeds, this is what I'm going to do. If mm-hmm. it gets to this, I'm going to do this. Like we have it all scripted out. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the supply chain thing really kind of feels like we don't have control. Yes. Okay. Like a crazy so, it's really fascinating. Um, so 
when you think the thought, I don't like losing control and panic buying, how do you feel? Um, out, well, out of control. Um, like uncertain or something? Yeah, or? definitely uncertain. Okay. And then when you feel uncertain, what do you do? The action was, well, multiple actions. I bought something because I know I needed a fridge. And like so, basically the, the first thing you could find or what? Well, I just thought it was the pretty much the only thing. I mean, maybe there, maybe there was some kind of shipment this weekend and that's, yeah. there were some other options, but, um, so bought something quicker than, and then, then I worry about it because even though I think I got a reasonable deal on it. Mm-hmm. Are you still there? Yes. Sorry. Oh, okay. So okay. even, even though you think you got a deal on it. Um, yeah. It, I mean, at least I didn't pay too much. Like mm -hmm. every, when we all like, buy Question. Yes, on yeah. <laughs> yeah. Question the price, perhaps. Um, worry about other supply chain issues. Yes. Sorry, uh, the guys out there talking so loud. Um, okay, so, and then what else? Anything else? Um, well, I just worried about, so worry. Yes. A lot of worry. So that's it. Yeah. Worry. Okay. So then what result did you get in your model? Um, the result is I can't just actually appreciate the fact that we get this fridge and it works and it's fine. It's so loss of appreciation. Okay. I'm going to actually put that in the, in the A-line, like don't appreciate the fridge. Yeah. You have, and then you're right. Like the result is, is like, it's be, you're, you're, um, preventing yourself from gosh. Um, just enjoying it. And, uh, the result is I have to feel too adult. <laughs> I have to worry about a fridge. So what, what is that? What is that? I have to feel too, I have to feel too adult. What did, was there more to that? Um, well, even my, my kids, even they're like the fridge is mom. Why are you so sad? Why are you upset about the fridge? And I was like, well, because it's not what I wanted to buy. And then then I had to tell them how, you know, sometimes we get stuff like we get it and it's not exactly the, what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. So you're describing this result is that you, your lived experiences that you feel out of control. Right. Yes, definitely. Um, so isn't it interesting how it's like not really about the fridge. 
right? Um, I love this question because this is super morbid. So forgive me for that. But I think about how we have the illusion of control. And as surgeons, we love it. We love the illusion of control. And maybe to a certain degree, we have some control, but like for the big things, we really don't. Like any of us could be in some kind of catastrophic wreck on any given day. Any, any of us could, you know, like just think about the major horrible things that happen. Nobody's nobody's planning for them. It's like, it's not like they were doing X, Y, or Z to have control over that thing not happening. And so it's so funny how comfortable we are with the illusion of control. And then now we have this thing happening in our lives where we're confronted with it. It's like, this is how it always was. Like they're always, <laughs> there's never really control, but now we're just like confronted with this reality that we're not in control. And I think that that's hard, yes. especially for us because of how, you know, how we conduct ourselves in the world is on, you know, a, a little bit more of a rigid path rather than other people. Um, so I don't think this is silly at all. I think this is a really important thing to look at. So, and then feeling uncertain about things also is not very pleasant, but it's very human. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really human. So are you having any difficulty just kind of feeling uncertain? Yes, I'm not good with that emotion, but it's, I totally just, that is probably one way I could do this is just feel that way. Like feel my feelings because life is 50, 50. Mm -hmm. And then what's that uncertainty trying to tell you? I wonder, like, I think it's trying to tell me to chill out. Um, but just be fine. It's just a fridge. (laughs) It does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is a fridge and you have a fridge and everything's okay. Yeah. And it's so funny how, you know, we spend so much energy looking backwards or looking forwards, but not really seeing like what's happening in this moment. And you're right. If we can just pause and just be like, oh, I have a fridge. No problem. Right. That's just not the place we're used to living. (laughs) So if you pause and you can just like be in the moment, even if it's brief, do you feel that unpleasant uncertainty? Yeah, it definitely, it feels better. It's it's kind of like this, this, the thing in my chest is lighter. Mm -hmm. So that's really good to know too, that that's always available. Um, it's, and because you're a human being, there's never, you know, you'll always be kind of waffling throughout all these different emotions that we experience, but when we're in the unpleasant ones coming to the present moment, I think is super helpful. 
So if you have strategies to do that, like what, what are strategies that you use if you don't mind sharing? Cause I'm uh, sure other people are really excited to learn these too. Um, just try to tell myself and try to believe it. And actually a lot of times I just, it's the whole time makes things grow. You know, after a while I'll be worried about something else. So I don't have to worry about the fridge. <laughs> that doesn't help anything, right? So then you I'm, just bounce to the next bounce. thing to worry about. Yeah. Just get distracted by the next thing to worry about. Right. <laughs> or mini bands or something. So one of the strategies that I've learned um, for anxiety in particular, anxiety is one of those ones, which I think uncertain might be like a distant cousin to anxiety. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but one of the strategies that I've learned for myself over the time is when I'm feeling that in my body and I can recognize that's what it is. I actually start itemizing what I'm feeling and I don't write it down or anything, but I just itemize it in my head and I'll be like, okay, my legs feel a little shaky. My chest feels a little tight. My cheeks feel a little hot. Um, my stomach feels a little nauseated and I just start itemizing what I'm actually feeling. Mm -hmm. And what's super fascinating about that is just like be, dropping into your body like that helps you be in the moment. Because when you're thinking about the things that you're actually feeling in your body, you're not thinking about the future or the past. You're just thinking about your body. So that brings you into the present moment. And, and what's so cool about it is just like recognizing the different sensations, then almost it's like it helps the feeling to wash over you or dissipate a little bit. Um, so that's one thing that I do. The other thing that I just learned about recently, which is meditation. So I'm like late to the meditation game, but I pray a lot. And so I think that prayer might be just a different form of meditation. Um, and I'm always like, my brain's always going like super fast. And so I'm like, what do I even think about when I'm meditating? So I kind of like talk I kind of criticize the meditation while it's happening, which is not really the meditating. I don't know. It's kind of one of those like head spin things. So I just recently learned just to say in my brain, when I'm breathing in, I just say in. And when I'm breathing out, I just say out. And I try really hard not to judge the breathing and just say in or out. And I found that to be super simple and helpful because it, if I'm saying in or out, then I'm not judging the breathing or having my brain spin out of control. So those are the two things I use to come into the present moment. But yeah, I think learning to tolerate that feeling could be a superpower. Yes, I agree. So then you also mentioned that you had a intentional model as well, didn't you? Yes, but now I forgot it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll just do it right now. So fridge. So we'll just put fridge in the C line. And like, if you could think of any way you want to, cause you talked about wanting to have some bridge thoughts coming over there. Um, like if you wanted to have any thought, feeling or result, regarding the, the fridge situation, which is really the supply chain situation. Yes. Um, 
what would that be? My, I would like to, my thought to be, thank goodness I now have a fridge. Okay. Wonderful. So I imagine that's gratitude, but what do you think? Yes. Gratitude, um, appreciation. Um, yes. Yes. Gratitude's a good word. Okay. And then when you feel gratitude or appreciation, how, how do you, what do you do? I just, I feel better. Like I can enjoy that it has LED lights instead of the, <laughs> Right. It doesn't have crusted on stuff in it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So you don't, so it's like, you don't have to worry about this fridge. (laughs) Like you can love on the fridge. Like you can totally love the led lights. (laughs) Um, appreciate no crust. Yeah. Right. (laughs) See, like you couldn't even see that before, but now like just shifting that little bit. Now you can, now you're, it's like available to you. Yes. Um, how cool. Okay. So, and then the result is like, you like love your fridge. Yeah. Even if it's not the fridge you want, like, cause you also mentioned something before Persephone, you said something about like, you know, like in the future, I can just sell it or get a new fridge or get one that I want. Like this, yeah. this fridge doesn't have to be, it's not like you're married to the fridge. Right. So So like love your fridge in the now. Yes. Okay. There we go. So then coming from point A to point B, does that look like a jump or easy? How does that look to you? Maybe you could come up with a couple bridge thoughts. Um, That maybe like, because my lived experience was out of control. Well, now the lived experience is actually in control mm-hmm. would be one thought um, that I, it is, it is controlled at least to have some kind of option. I'm not just going to be without a refrigerator. Yeah. Um, right. Like there are always options. I'm going to write your list of thoughts over here. So you just mentioned that. There are always options. I just like to offer that it's normal to not like losing control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's normal to like, what else? What else do you think about this? Um, these are I, I mean, it really goes back to this whole pandemic that somebody described it as like, we were all, um, just so, you know, at first it was just such a panic and, and then, um, like we didn't understand what's going on and, you know, restaurants are closed down, all these things that are happening and, you know, we didn't understand. OR is closed down. Well, the next time it's going to happen, we're going to be like, oh yeah, this is the time when restaurants close down. And this is the time that, um, the OR has to pause for a minute. And, and this is just what happens when we have a pandemic. So yeah, 
maybe normalize the experience. Well, what you just described is how resilient humans are. Like, look at all of the different things that have happened during the pandemic that people have actually kind of overcome. Right. So far. Right. Like the ORs were down, but now they're back up. Mm-hmm. And like we navigated that. We figured it out. Like the restaurants were down. Now they're back up, but we navigated that. Like there's a whole new industry now, like DoorDash. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> you know, I know. And so then now the supply chain's jacked up, but like the humans are going to figure that out too. And it's going to be even better. Like we'll hopefully <laughs> real time. They'll be able to, the websites will be even real t- more real time. So I'll so, just put the humans are good at figuring things out. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you're one of the humans, <laughs> right? Like you're yeah. one of the people that have had to navigate these situations and you've just figured it out. So even though you don't like losing control in the OR or buying a fridge or getting a new Toyota, like, (laughs) like you can trust yourself. Like you can trust yourself that you know how to navigate things. Yeah. I definitely feel better. (laughs) Yay. Okay, cool. Yay. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. That was, I think, I think that was important and I'm super glad that we're going to be able to share that with other people. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Mm, no, I, I definitely feel better. I, I like all these bridge thoughts. I like where my goal is to be like, thank goodness and appreciate and have gratitude Yeah. Thank you for showing us what the options are because a lot of us are going through this right now. So thank you for helping us to see it. Um, Awesome. So I will then go back to the participants and see if anybody else wants to come on. Um, I'll mute you, Persephone. We'll continue with the Maybe with the uh, really cool sounding names. Let me go with uh, Athena. Okay. Does anybody else um, have anything to talk about or have anything to bring up? If you would like to, you can go in the chat or you can um, you can go in the chat or you can I can allow you to talk. I'm just, Athena, I'm going to allow you to talk just to see because we were having a little audio issue. Is there anything you want to talk about? Hey, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sure. I can go. Cool. Um, all right. So can we talk about insurance companies? Yes. Um, this is my most recent frustration um, at work because there's a, a procedure I do somewhat frequently that they, it seems that they've all decided they're not going to cover anymore or they're going to get really strict about the approval criteria. Mm-hmm. And it's just super frustrating because <laughs> it makes me feel like I can't take care of my patients the way I want to. Um, and it makes me worried about income. You know, if, if it's a huge chunk of my practice, I can't get approved anymore. Things like that. 
So you said the thought is I can't take care of my patients the way I want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so would you say, and I, I heard you say that the feeling was worry. Yeah, that's definitely one of them in frustration. Oh, okay. Which one do you think is more like stronger? I think with this, with that is frustration. Got it. And then, so let's kind of clarify the C. I I mean, it's like insurance, but can we make it like very bland? So insurance, is there like a specific incident that happened recently where you got like a denial or you had to do? Oh yeah. I've had, so the last two months, there's this in-office procedure that we do and, and we do it pretty regularly, but the last two months I've had several more denials and I've had to do peer to peers and appeals and, you know, sometimes they're still getting denied. And so, so insurance denied it's routine. Like, well, I don't want to, I'll just say insurance denied procedure. Cause I don't want to editorialize it. Yeah. I mean, make yeah. it. Yeah. So insurance denied procedures. And then also we can put here, like you did peer to peer. Cause that's what you did. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Peer to peer. I hate those by the way. So I'm going to try not to jump in the pool here. Okay. Um, <laughs> appeal. Okay. So you're thinking I can't tear, take care of my patients the way I want to. And then the feeling is frustration. So then what do you do? Uh, complain. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, usually the patient, I get stuck in like a holding pattern. So we don't move forward. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Waste time trying to get the insurance to cover it. <laughs> I don't know. And then you said something about money. What was that thing you said about money when I was typing? You said oh, that was the worry. The worry that if insurances aren't going to cover these procedures, then I'm going to have to figure out other revenue sources for the office. We're a private practice. So mm -hmm. You know, I have to think a little bit more about the money aspect of it. So I'm going to actually put that in the A line, because if you're worrying like about reimbursements or whatever it is, like you're probably worrying about not being able to give your patients the care you want, but you're also worrying about reimbursements. Right. Yep. And I'll just put slash patient care. Okay. Anything else? Um, yeah, I just, uh, probably like ruminate about it and just get mad at insurance companies and wish yeah. they would. <laughs> I know. So I was, I call this tantruming. So I've like, yeah, I've, I've graduated myself from rumination, which is like the internal tantrum to the external tantrum, the external, like I have been losing it in my own place recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels good in the moment. And then afterwards I'm like, well, shit, I just <laughs> yeah. accomplished there. Like, I really look like a complete baby. Cause I'm seriously stamping my feet right now, yeah. but then I'm like, you know what? No, no, because this, this is just not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. And nobody's listening. You know what I mean? And so then I like yeah. go come full circle come, you know, with the thing, like where I'm judging myself about this outburst. And then, then I'm like, no, fuck that. I can have an outburst if I want to, this isn't yeah. right. 
Okay. Outrage. So the result is, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. The result (laughs) is, um, what do you see as the result? Well, so like I said, we kind of don't get the procedure done. Yeah. Um, so I don't take care of my patients the way I want to. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a really good one for our people because we all have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this model, as I see it, and you can please correct me if I'm reading it wrong, it almost sets up the insurance company as the villain uh-huh. and then like us and the patient as the victim. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> you know, so that's like tough. It's that's a very disempowered place to be. Yeah. You feel like you're the victim against like this ginormous villain. So how can you get a little bit of authority over this? Yeah, I mean, good point. I mean, so, I mean, different thoughts have gone through my head what to do about this. One is to figure out a way for patients to pay with it without their insurance, which in the area I service doesn't usually happen. They usually just say, eh, forget it, which is their choice, but you know, mm-hmm. um, another thing, which I have done sometimes is you can like, you do a peer to peer and then you can do an internal appeal and then you can do an external appeal. And the more times you push it through, I've been told the more likely they are to approve it in the long run, because that's expensive for them. That's also expensive on my end and a lot of mm-hmm. work and manpower you know? Yeah. When, when you were brainstorming on this like alternative way for the patient to pay for the procedure, like when you were thinking about how, what that might look like Uh that, cause that's very constructive sounding. What feeling was driving that? Um, just, I guess, uh, uh, what well, feeling? Good question. I was trying to solve the problem. I guess I don't know what feeling. <laughs> so determined, to... maybe determined. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. Yeah. So what do you think you were thinking to feel determined? That there's gotta be a way we can figure this out. There's gotta be a way. Cause I'm not just going to stop taking care of patients. Yeah. So that's, that's cool too. So hold on. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. So there's gotta be a way is so much more powerful than I can't, I can't do anything here. Right. Like it's very different and you've already felt it. You've already thought, you've already thought it and you've already felt determined because you, you just said you've already brainstormed on this alternative way to pay. Now, whether that works or not is like another matter, but the whole idea that this is a model that you have the opportunity to be in, that's a good thing because this is available too. 
Um, right. So then the result here is that like you, you might figure out another way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then that's awesome. So I'm sure that we don't spend a whole lot of time here in this model. Like the majority of the time is over here where we feel like super victimized by the insurance company. Yeah. And sometimes I get stuck on like, it's just not fair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they should pay for this, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, totally, right? Like how, and we're the ones that have to interface with the patient where we're like, well, you know, the insurance company sends their letter, but we're the one that's like, well, you know, what are you going to do? So, um, yeah, I mean, I can see how like the thought that this isn't fair is another thought that would probably be uh, very natural and also not helpful. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like as growing up, that was me. I was like, well, it's not fair. My mom's like, well, life's not fair. <laughs> I heard that saying, yeah. but I still like want to become that, you know, six-year-old again. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So. We, I mean, that's how, that's when we basically learned how to deal with the world. So this is interesting that you mentioned that because in this trauma course, what I've learned recently was that we basically form our self-concept and then our view of the world, like what the world is and what it means by the time we're eight years old. Yeah. Right. So, well, what the fuck? Because <laughs> my kid is eight, I guess, yeah. I guess that's it. Um, good thing there's neuroplasticity. So there's all malleable, but seriously, right. like, of course, that's going to be the way if that's what you did when you were six, of course, that's just going to be the strategy that you use. That's mm -hmm. totally normal and reasonable. Um, but you know, ha having this one alternative is I think helpful, but is there any other way you want to think about it or what, or is this like kind of. Yeah, no, it is good to just like, to go from, to the more empowered stance. And honestly, like one of my partners, that's totally how he is. He's like, well, yeah, but that's the way it is. So, you know, I'll just figure this out. And, you know, he, he has decided that he might just not make, we might not make as much of a profit sometimes, or maybe sometimes the patient won't be able to get the surgery. And he's just like, okay with that. And I tend to get hung up on the principle of it, you know? Yeah. So that's right. interesting. So that's just telling you something about something you value. Right. Yeah. So what do you value? This is like awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we get to learn about what you value. You value, yeah. you value what fairness or you value. Yeah, definitely fairness. Like why should I have to cut what I make on it? And the insurance company gets to keep their profit you know, that, that annoys me. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. I know that they make money. They're not mm -hmm. these true, like, you know, they're not these true non-for-profit bleeding heart companies that, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> and that maybe they don't have to be, but you know. And then also, is this showing you something about you kind of stepping into knowing what value you have? Like yeah. what you have to offer the world and that that's worth something. The skills that you have in this procedure is worth something. Right. Yeah. I have gotten better at that because I used to take the hit a lot and just do it anyway. But like if the insurance company doesn't want to pay and the patient doesn't want to pay, why am I the one that, you know, devalues myself or my, my skills and my services? Well, that's a pretty cool thing to learn. Yeah. That's taken a little bit of work. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, so you know, like the insurance companies in the United States is just one more system that's kind of fucked up. And, um, so these are obviously my thoughts about it, but it can be kind of overwhelming sometimes when we are working within these systems that we feel so powerless and we just kind of keep showing up and doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, well, gosh, is this ever going to change? And I actually don't know if things are ever going to change. But what I've come to realize through this work is that you can change your experience of the system by changing your thoughts. So it's not like you change, the system doesn't change. You just exchange, you just change your experience of it. Like Mm -hmm. being in a place of determination or a place of love for your patients or a place of, you know, whatever, whatever it is can be can make the whole thing just not quite so unpleasant, but also it's like, is there a way that any of us can show up as this version of ourselves that will actually shift the system over time? Right. Like when we, like, if we just kind of participate and don't and don't ruffle feathers or don't give it a try, then are we just complicit in maintaining the status quo? Right. Exactly. And that's, I don't like, I don't feel comfortable with that either. You know? Yeah. So then if you don't feel comfortable with maintaining the status quo, then how do we get into a model where we feel empowered, but not exhausted? empowered and not frustrated. Right. I also don't know the answer to that question. It's just like things to be curious about. Yeah. You know, and it, and it can get very overwhelming when you get into a big system and trying to break free of that. Um, and, and, you know, I have to remind myself baby steps, like I don't have to do it all tomorrow. (laughs) What a good point. Yeah, you're right. And then like, also kind of coming back to the present moment, like we were talking about with Persephone, I feel like too, when we're, when we're working with a big system or we're like thinking how crappy it's going to be all these like peer to peers I have to do and whatnot, like in this moment right now, everything is actually okay. Right. I think the other thing too, is I tend to dismiss little things I do. Like, so I did one peer to peer and got it approved, or I went 
all the way to the external appeal. And at least for that patient in that situation, I made it better. And I tend to dismiss that as not as important because the system is still broken, you know? Ooh, interesting. So now you can recognize that, that you have gained ground. So again, like Persephone, you're also somebody who can figure things out. Like, it sounds like you're really resourceful. And what, what would this sort of like legacy of wins mean if you put them all together? Like, is it, is it something that gives you some sort of, um, like case to present to them? Yeah, I think, I guess it goes. Cause we like to look for that negative bias, right? That's mm-hmm. like our, our, the human brain's preference. So sure. Yeah. And then you're saying, yeah, if you actually look at the ones that were approved, like building a, you know, like build some kind of algorithm around the ones that did get through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I'm going to just write this down because I'm going to put these in our, um, in room one. So it sounds like some lessons learned are not only recognizing the value that you have to offer Mm -hmm. and not settling, but also recognizing, am I even spelling? I spelled recognize with a K (laughs) (laughs) recognizing small wins Mm -hmm. and like maybe understanding that you are somebody who can get, who like you're resourceful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. I love celebrating. Like that's so good because you're right. Like the negative bias is very, very strong. And, um, it's almost like you have to double down on the positive things just to get it to stick. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add to that? No, I think that's good. I think it's, you know, taking that step back and, you know, like you said, everything's okay in the moment and the small wins, like you just get so caught up in the, like the powerlessness feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there. Great. Thank you so much. Um, we have about five more minutes. If there's anything that anybody else wants to talk about, or we can just call it a night. That was awesome. I think I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, great. Thank you. Appreciate you um, chiming in. Great. Um, then I'll get these things posted over on the website and we'll see you on the next go around. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.